Greeting Greetings, Northlings. And welcome to, to Haunted on Screen. <laughs> A lot of fun. Haunted on Screen. Yeah. Leeds. Leeds. We're in Leeds. <laughs> yeah. horror enthusiasts to the third installment of Haunted on Screen with me, your Haunted Up North host, Victoria, and Hannah, my Haunted on Screen co-host. Hi! <laughs> I'm back again. Where are you from, Hannah? <laughs> I'm from Leeds! <laughs> uh, hopefully most of you will already be familiar with this format. Haunted on Screen is basically a spin-off of Haunted Up North, but instead of talking about real-life hauntings, we talk about our favourite horror films and all the ways in which they frighten, scare and disgust us. I've just realised the acronyms for Haunted Up North and Haunted On Screen are Hun and Hose. Oh, or Hoss. <laughs> <laughs> like a horse, Hoss. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm glad we've talked about that. First, before we begin, can I make a special announcement? Yes. Thanks. I recently launched a magnificent Haunted Up North prize draw, offering listeners the chance to win an amazing Haunted Up North mug by donating an amount of their choice to the podcast via our coffee page. And although the winner has already been announced via the Haunted Up North socials, I'd just like to give them a little shout out on here. So, Gary Paranormal G. Jones, well done to you. Yay, well done, Gary. You go, Gary. You have won the amazing Haunted Up North mug, which may possibly already be with you by now, but I hope you enjoy it. Many thanks to Kiki Wild, The Mothership, Origami Nick, and all the other generous Haunted Up North donators who have been the recipients of previous shoutouts and who were also entered into the draw. Please keep an ear out for any future Hunt prize draw giveaways, because we'll be doing more of those in the coming year. So thanks everyone, Kiki Wild, Mothership, Origami Nick, and especially... Gary Paranormal G. Jones. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. <laughs> so, today's episode of Haunted on Screen, we'll be looking at a cult vampire classic from 1992. But no, I'm sorry, Vic, it's not <laughs> going to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> but Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by the Hollywood legend that is Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another Gary as well. So it's a double Gary episode. All the Garys. All the Garys. So after less than favourable reception to The Godfather Part 3, Coppola's production company, American Zoetrope, was on the verge of bankruptcy and it really desperately needed a commercial hit. Winona Ryder was due to star in Part 3, but sadly she had to remove herself from the project due to ill health. But it was Ryder that fatefully passed the script of Dracula, written by James V. Hart, who also wrote Muppet Treasure Island, <laughs> to Coppola. And so a classic new take on a well-worn story was born. Columbia Pictures greenlit the production, assigning a $50 million budget, 
and an all-star cast of 90s titans, including Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Richard E. Grant, Sadie Frost, Tom Waits, oh, and yes, possibly the worst case of miscasting in the history of cinema, the lovely, lovely Keanu Reeves. Oh, see, I think we're going to have a problem I with know. that. I know. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> we're going to have a problem. <laughs> There's a problem. But for... But for, yeah. I all love, of them. I love Keanu. I didn't know. Well, all of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it's uh, Tom Waits plays, um, what's his name? Renfield. Yeah, I didn't realise that was him until you've just said it. Yeah, <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's incredible. So while staying true to the book, Coppola adds a sprinkle of Vlad the Impaler along with a huge bloody dollop of lost love. The film relies heavily on vintage practical effects to create a distinctive look, making use of miniature models, oversized props, forced perspective and reverse motion to name but a few. And it's truly a celebration of cinematic craft and there's not a green screen in sight. The result is a visual mix of camp 1970s exploitation cinema delivered with 1920s effects. Upon opening... It was top of the box office, which is good news. And the film grossed $215 million. That's a lot of million dollars. Which is a lot of million dollars, true. And it won three Academy Awards for Best Costume Design, Sound Editing and Makeup, which we'll obviously discuss. So there have been countless adaptations of Dracula before and since, yet Coppola's vision remains otherworldly and yet familiar. Its relatable depiction of emptiness and suffering is the true curse of a vampire, challenging the way that we look at the character of Dracula forever. So, what did you think when you watched it again? So, shall we start with the elephant in the room, Mm. which is Keanu Reeves' accent? Because when I was a kid, I didn't really think much about it, because I just... I felt like the whole thing was a little bit, because Winona Ryder's doing an an English accent. Mm. He's doing an English accent. Mm. And you've got these two kids. They're basically two kids, American kids, who are up against these giants. Mm. They're up against Anthony Hopkins. They're up against Gary Oldman. But you've got these veteran actors and these kids who are basically doing their best against these flipping giants. And And I always just thought, Keanu Reeves, I feel sorry for him, everyone saying this. You know what I'm going to say. Because yeah. apparently he tried so hard to get that accent right yeah. to the point of obsession yeah. that it became even more stilted. And I just feel really sorry for him because apart from the end, maybe, his acting isn't really that bad in it. It's no... Well, just just to clarify... No, I know. Just to clarify, I love Keanu Reeves yeah we, yeah, yeah. And we, I'm, I'm everyone, pro- everyone does yeah of course there's something wrong with you if you <laughs> if you don't like him and I do think he is actually good in it but I've got a bit of a theory with Keanu Reeves in this film even though I've said it's miscasting I think overall the film Bram Stoker's Dracula is like a Persian rug mm. so with a really beautiful Persian rug there's always one little mistake Aww. in the in the Persian rug because nothing can be perfect. No, that's other true. than you know something that's beyond this world. So they always have a, a tiny little imperfection, and I think Keanu Reeves <laughs> in Bram Stoker's Dracula is that little imperfection in that Persian rug. But it makes it still doesn't make it any less 
beautiful a rug, even though it's a movie. Yeah, and I think that's why when I was a kid it didn't bother me yeah. that he had a stilted yeah. accent. Yeah, and I think on the whole, uh, Winona Ryder is very good, but watching it again, it's unfortunate because her bezzy mate is called Lucy and the way she says Lucy, especially when she's running after her, <laughs> Lucy! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's shouting out, and I was like, Oh, yikes. It's like, well, you've taken the heat off Keanu for a bit because... Because you know that I love Winona Ryder yeah. to the point where I would make her my wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's I, I adore her. She's my mm. one of my favorites. She's massively underrated. I've said this before. I think mm. she's brilliant. I don't think this... I think she's really good in this, but I think there's better actors in this. But some bits are she's, she's spellbinding in it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think... I, don't, I just don't think she was enjoying doing an English accent either. No. Possibly. But she, she had a hard time, didn't she? Because her and Gary Oldman didn't get on or something like that. That's like, right. It was a bit of... Yeah. So it can't have been easy for her either. And and I think both Oldman and um, the, the other male actors were encouraged to be like shouting abuse at her to make her, yeah. you know, be a bit... More... I heard that they refused to do that. They refused it. Well, Keanu yeah. definitely did. Yeah. And um, I think um, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins, they both were like... No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not really into this. But I've, the the good news is, I've heard since supposedly that there's no hard feelings and yeah. they all they all love each other again. But yeah. at the time, it was a little bit. And I think I think Gary Oldman was quite intense. I've never heard this before, but in re- researching uh, this, he was known as the king of pain on set because he was very intense. Was oh, Gary God. Oldman? So you can imagine, <laughs> it's like oh. I read that he was whis- when uh, Lucy's writhing in bed mm. after she's been bitten by a vampire. I read that he was told to whisper rude things to her, and apparently some of the things he said were unrepeatable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I've got about Keanu's accent. Mm. I feel like in his head he went one step further mm. because there's a bit where Mina says that he said to her that he doesn't think he's rich enough or posh enough to marry her. And so I think Keanu's done a backstory where Jonathan pretends to be posher than he is mm. in front of people. And Keanu is purposefully putting on a stilted accent because he's saying to himself, Jonathan is putting on an accent. Yeah. And it's not me. <laughs> yeah. But there's a bit where um, during the, ne- you know, when he's in the castle and Dracula's, he's shaving and Dracula's oh, like, yeah. ooh, blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, num, 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 num. yeah, Keanu gets mad. Sorry, uh, Jonathan gets mad. Mm. And there's a bit where he says, I've seen many strange things already. Bloody wolves chasing me through some blue inferno. <laughs> and it's like three different accents in one, three different yeah. English accents. But there's no trace of American in it. No. So I wonder whether he is doing some kind of backstory where he's like putting on a posh accent. Because right at the end, he puts on a really posh accent in front of people mm. that's more posh and stilted than any other accent he's done before. Yeah. Which is something like, uh, I know where the bastard sleeps. <laughs> I brought him there to Carfax. <laughs> yes. Yes, I remember now. So that's why. I've decided that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Winona says home quite oddly as well. She's like how? Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, there's just some odd bits. But um, so factoid about the casting of yeah. Jonathan Harker. Did you know that the favourite and agreed person originally for the role was none other than Megapint Johnny Depp? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I read that it was Christian Slater. Well. Oh, sorry. So, well, yes, him as well. So, I didn't know Johnny Megapint yeah. Depp was... Uh... Well, so 
Ah. Winona was still right. an item with him and she recommended him for the role and Coppola agreed. But get this, the studio said, no, we want mm. someone more handsome. Can you imagine <laughs> rejecting peak Depp, 1992 peak Depp? For you not being handsome enough. handsome. So anyway, and they didn't think that he would potentially have the box office appeal. So they offered it to, I know, imagine. Um, so they, off, they offered the role to Christian Slater, but right. he turned it down. So there's quite a few people that really wanted it, but they, they decided to offer it to Keanu Reeves because he was right off the back of um, Point Break, which was obviously huge and is a great film. But I think he was just really knackered because he'd like, you know, he'd, he'd done quite a few big movies. Keanu. Yeah. Keanu. Keanu. <laughs> yes, me and Keanu. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what a, what a different film it would have been. The role of Jonathan Harker mm. is basically there to move the plot along, isn't it? Because he reports back with his letters and someone yeah. like Johnny Depp would have wanted more than that. And Christian Slater... This is post-Heathers, isn't it? Mm. So I would have just been thinking, this isn't Heathers. Yeah, and I think it might have been just too mind-blowing because I think like Gary Oldman's performance is so ridiculously good. I mean, <laughs> mm. so you mentioned the shaving scene. I was trying to imagine Johnny Depp in that scene. And it's like, I just... I just can't. He would have taken the blade off and said, no, you should lick it like this. <laughs> yeah, probably would have done. He'd have gone, all right, governor. <laughs> um, but I think that's it. You need, for want of a better term, like a more vanilla character against yeah. that. Because as much as I'm sure he would have been brilliant, you know, using that scene as an example, you you need something very beige against the the vibrance of of Gary Oldman's acting. I mean, he, he's just the, the nuances. It's just incredible. So yeah, I think I think he's just incredible. And I meant to count the different versions of Dracula in the film, but I didn't because I just got too mesmerized. But there's but there's quite a lot. So you've got your I suppose almost geisha like um Apologies if I am uh, misrepresenting there, but it's got that very Eastern yes. kind of um, that the red robe. Yeah, is, exactly. Is, yeah, it's just got that kind of feel. To it's it. seductive as well, isn't it? Yeah. Even though that's his probably one of his most. That's meant to be his least attractive, apart from when he turns yeah. into loads of weir yeah. animals. Yeah, and it's it's very opulent with the gold yeah. embroidery on it, and, yeah. and it, that that color red. It's not really blood red. It's almost got a little hint of orange. It really pops yeah. on the screen. So you've got everything is dark and he's very, very white. Yeah. So it's just so clever is is that design. And it's familiar but otherworldly, if you know what I mean, because it's, it's not like anything, but yet you've got this kind of feeling, oh, that looks a little bit familiar, that kind of design. But why are the two bumps to the head? It's funny, isn't it? Two bumps. Like a big bum head. Two, two, yeah, like a... Mm. Maybe it's meant to be like that. Maybe it's meant to represent boobs. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but it just, it's so striking, isn't it? It's yeah. um, and somewhere to rest your book <laughs> on an open page. Um, but yeah, so there's, so there's that version. Then there's the young version in the UK. When he's the prince. When he's the prince. My 
my prince. See me. <laughs> see me. Yeah. So you've got like sexy Prince Dracula, haven't you? Then you've got like the midpoint where you've got slightly sexy Prince, but a little bit of a werewolf where he's crying when Mina's gone to marry Jonathan. Oh, yeah. Do you find that sexy? Well, no, I don't find, no. But he's, he's kind of got the hair of the... Yeah, the hair's the, still there. The hair's, the hair's still, still sexy. And that's when he summons the wind and he's crying blood tears. So that's, that's like a, that's a third one, isn't there? Then there's the, there's the big man bat, which is near the end. And then does he turn into a pile of rats? He turns into a pile of rats. So could you class that as a fifth, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, let's say it's a fifth. So that's five already. And then, oh yeah, and then you've got the horny werewolf Ugh, with with that Lucy. Seems so rude. It's really it's rude. It's so rude. <laughs> it's really rude. It's so rude. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh god. So yeah, you've got like that. He's got. He's already got red round his mouth before he even gets into it. It's maybe like, he's been biting someone else. Maybe as well. he's been yeah <laughs> chewing on something. So that's six. Can you think of any more? With his weird Egyptian cat armour when he's a soldier. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah. the past, isn't it? Yeah. But that's still an image, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So that's seven. But then also, he is the coachman, isn't he, as well? He's the coachman as well. I was and just going like to say an eagle? that. Is that an eagle's head? Because he, he um, I think it's probably meant to represent because he turns away from Christianity, doesn't he? Mm. And the go-to with pagan uh, imagery is animals, isn't yeah. it? So is that meant to represent his... Not that I'm saying paganism is the opposite of holiness, but is it is are they meant to, are they tapping into that kind of thing where it's like Yeah, I think so. Like primitive Yeah. Sort of I love that but I'm glad you've brought that up because I was wondering whether it was him as the coachman. And I think I think it is. In the book it is. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. meant to be him. And I think part of it it's one of my favourite bits. So Jonathan Harker is there, isn't he? And he's waiting to be picked up. And when he gets picked up he re- the the coachman his arm like extends yeah, like it's, it, it's like reaches out and then almost picks him up and puts him in the carriage like a little toddler. <laughs> As if that wasn't his first red flag. I don't know exactly. <laughs> How can this be? And it's like Jonathan Harker's face is like like looking at the big extendable hand on the shoulder and then gets carried in like a little tiny toddler into the thing and it's. The way that's done is brilliant. It's just so good. When the coach arrives, because the horse's hooves aren't quite touching the floor, aren't they? Mm. And it moves in a way that reminds me of um, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings when a ring wraith appears. Mm. That movement where the coach comes, like this strange, silent, not really walking on the ground thing. Mm. It's so Peter Jackson, Mm. even though it's obviously pre-Lord of the Rings. And the arm as well. Mm. It's just very... Sauroni, and I wonder what I wonder how I wonder if Peter Jackson has been influenced by that film because there's so many bits in that first bit that is so Lord of the Rings, mm. like that coach is just a ring wraith type effect, yeah, because that's beautiful. That it's fantastic, and also dialing it back a little bit earlier in the film when he's on his way there and he's he's writing to Mina, and you've got like the train that is on the little miniature train, yeah, and then you've got the 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 journal that's open which you know, spoiler alert, is a massive book. So they've got a <laughs> tiny train and a massive book because everything's filmed, you know, in in shots. So yeah. um, it's not green screened in afterwards. 
that's just so good. And then you see the eyes of Dracula f- fading in. Yeah, it's brilliant. Top right. It's oh, it's just so. It's just so brilliant. And it, again, it looks. It just looks. It's that uncanny valley thing. It doesn't quite look real, but it feels magical. If you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, it's very really magical. Yeah. So when the beginning bit where we're being told about the story, the origin story of um, Dracula, where the princess jumps out of the tower. Yeah. That is, again, that's one of my favourite bits because... It's just the, a straight down... It's a straight down... She, 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 you know, the actress gets, well, Nona Ryder, gets up to the tower and then the camera pans down and you've just got the floating doll mm. down towards, through the clouds towards her impending doom. But it's it's almost like she's flying. It's just so luscious. And again, yeah. you can tell it's 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 a little like doll, but it looks so magical. Do you know, like I feel like it's a, a film that's made with magical collages. Mm. Like you know when you see someone's done a scrapbook and it's beautiful mm. and you don't care that it's lots of different things pasted onto paper. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know where it's come from, but it all works together. But it's like that antiquated sort of feel to it. Yeah. I feel like that about this film. I don't care if it looks real or not, because I really like like beautiful scrapbooks. (laughs) I kind of feel, though, that it's like a deliberate style choice. Oh, yeah, that's what... uh, Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, absolutely. You, You don't care, do you? Because... It does feel a little bit like... Um, it feels Moulin rouge to me. You know the film Moulin Rouge? Mm. That feels a little bit like that to me. It's like little sparks of little bits everywhere. And Yes, yes. It's a bit the Brothers Grimm as well. That yeah, kind yeah, of exactly. feel to it. I just, I just think that um, that opening scene as well with the battle... Which oh, the is silhouettes. With the silhouettes. It's great. So it's like a mix of shadow puppets and actors. That's so lovely, and I love the way that that is uh, depicted when he's in London and he's in the cinema tent with Mina, and um, displayed is like a shadow puppet version, and it's it is of that battle, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. So when they originally walk in, there's like a shadow puppet thing going on, and it's that it's that first battle, but with with shadow puppets. I just think, oh, that's so good. When she's having dinner with him and then she kind of walks forlornly to the window, mm. I like the shadows there as well. Yeah. It's just shadows everywhere, isn't there? Yeah. And like his hand when he's, you know, his shadow is independent of him when he's an old Dracula and he's in the castle and his shadow knocks things over yeah. as his hand is coming towards the... I just, this gee, I don't know how he thought of all these things. He must have, because he, godfather to mm. this, it's just like... yeah. It's, How do you know do all these amazing things? Yeah, it, it's <laughs> such a departure in style, isn't it? I think his I mean, obviously Godfather's awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, it's got the spook, hasn't it, Godfather? Yeah. Oh yeah, and this has got the spook, obviously in a different way. But but you would never like if I had just been put on this planet now and I watched the Godfather movies and I watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, I wouldn't necessarily think it's the same. It just feels like no. a complete departure, doesn't it? But you can tell it's a labour of love. Apparently, another fact, he didn't really want big sets. He wanted big um, costume design and, you know, sound design. But he wanted more like just plain 
backdrops mm. to let the actors and the action speak for itself. But um, I think Columbia Pictures were like, no, you're having sets. But again, the sets are fantastic. Well, that, um, what's his name? Tom Waits' character. Mm. Um, what's it called? <laughs> Renfield. Why can't I keep wanting to say Reynard? which is French for Fox or something, isn't it? <laughs> Renfield. Yeah. His cell is a good set, though. That's very yeah. simple. It's just a light coming through the window. That reminds me of something that would be, you'd watch at West Yorkshire Playhouse or something. You know, like a very yeah. minimalistic theatrical thing. Yeah. So I can understand why he didn't want big sets, that he kind of, I presume he just, he wanted it to be more of a theatre, mm. which is what you would concentrate on if you were doing a theatrical production. Yeah. The set, you know, the, it would be the costumes and the actors. And I like, and the actors would all be playing different characters, wouldn't they? It's very Shakespearean, isn't it? Like yeah. Anthony Hopkins is the priest at the beginning. Yeah. And then um, Mina's obviously, uh, what's her name? The princess. Yeah, the princess. Um, I just think like the, um, you're right though, with the shadows, it's really unnerving, the shadows being out of step with the physical character. It's just proper like... Ooh, really raises the the hairs. There's on, two of them yeah. I've got to look out for. Yeah, it's, it's like oh god. There was a film in the very sort of like early cinema that did do something. I don't know whether it might even be a vampire film, but um, he's probably taken inspiration from that. But it's way more, you know, than than that original film. But yeah, it's just fantastic. But I know. There's one scene that we've discussed before that I've just got to uh, talk about, and that's when Jonathan Harker is seduced by the brides. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean that that's like that's just bite so a baby bite bite a baby. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the bit with the baby. It's just like that. That's the most like full on acting that Keanu does in the film, but he like looks properly. It's harrowing, isn't it? Yeah, but Gary Oldman does the best scary face I've ever seen in my life. It it's does. really nasty. It the build-up to that is just the nastiest feeling and look in Gary Oldman's face. Yeah. And he just that's the most perfect evil face I think I've ever seen anyone do, and then he laughs that horrible laugh. Yeah, because he kind of looks almost like, you know, like when someone's got no thoughts and they're almost drooling, he kind of looks at him like that. And then his face changes a bit and then he just like yeah, laughs. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's, it, it's, it's so horrible. I think it's because it starts off with a completely dead look at Jonathan mm. and then it goes into evil and mm. then it goes into malice. Yeah. It's like all of the, because, oh, it's just horrible. I mean, how does he do that? It's, it, it's, how do you have the confidence yeah. to do that in front of people? Yeah. I could do that face, but not yeah. in front of people. <laughs> yeah. I probably do it all the time, but yeah. you know. It's like, yeah. But that's that scene is um that is a that is a good scene. Yeah. Um but like what's in that, you know, like Jonathan's looking at those weird ointment bottles. Oh yeah. What's that? I because don't... later on the prince um gives Mina some absinthe, didn't they? Mm. Is it absinthe or something? Because yeah, it, it makes yeah, you yeah. hallucinate and stuff. It absinthe. Does, yeah. I had that once in Hungary and like she's when she's drinking it, she's like, mm. <laughs> when I drunk it, I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, whatever. Because yeah. that's it. They used to part of a sugar cube, didn't you? Yeah. Because, but she's like, they don't yeah. do it quite like that. She no. can, I'm sure she's got a lot of the bitter taste despite having seductively mm. gnawed on a sugar cube. Yeah. Anyway, that was funny. So yeah. maybe it was absinthe in that in those bottles. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. I don't unless know. Unless it was just blood, unless he stored. It, it kind of looks a little bit like ink 
But oh, right. because when because when he go, when he opens that and he the the chest and it's got those bottles. Yeah, what's the significance? I really don't know because he takes the stopper it. out, doesn't he? And then whatever's in the liquid inside drips the yeah. opposite way. Oh, does it? What yeah. colour is it? But it? Well, it looks like ink to me, but then I right. thought, that's a lot of ink. But then yeah. again, there's no shops nearby, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a lot of things to sign. But those lady vampires are scary. Mm. And they're very beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. He gives in very easily. But then so do most people, don't they, when they yeah. come into contact with their... One of the vampires. It's like they can't be blamed for it. I like the way that the film doesn't blame anyone for having done it because when um, Jonathan's back in England, <laughs> Van Helsing, Anthony Hopkins, is having dinner with them and he like <laughs> yeah. he says, So, when you were being unfaithful with those vampires <laughs> yeah. something like that, during your infidelity with the <laughs> yeah. with the female vampires in front of Mina, and she's like, Oh Jonathan <laughs> no. But then he doesn't hold her accountable for no. being under the influence of a parasite, isn't yeah. it? It's basically like you lose your mind to these destructive forces it's not your fault and I, I like the way that everyone forgives each other for yeah. doing these things I mean to be fair I, I, I know they're probably not as powerful as Dracula but it That's is a lot of them but this is, it's three on one <laughs> let's face it it's three on one because Van Helsing succumbs to Mina doesn't yeah. he he's like trying to guard her from the, the lady vampires yeah, yeah. But it only takes all she bites him for him to stop snogging her which I find a bit annoying. Yeah. But I guess, well It kind of seemed as well that he didn't notice the other, like, three hot ladies <laughs> on the sideline as well until she tried to bite him. And then he turns and he goes, oh, and then, you well, know. Would he have just got off with her completely if, if they hadn't been there? Who I knows? want that question answering. You just expect better of Van Helsing. Well, yeah. And, and I don't know if that happens in the book. I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. <laughs> and she certainly doesn't do the whole, like, summoning of sundown because she she stands there doesn't she and she's chanting chanting to get the sun to go down quicker oh right is that Um, what that was because there's like the the blue flames that's certainly not in the book the blue flames but the blue flames well the blue flames are but not not her chanting oh right the the sundown but yeah the blue flames the thing is so the blue flames can i say that anymore blue flames (laughs) um the, the bloody blue inferno. The bloody blue inferno. <laughs> I've seen things. <laughs> I've seen the bloody blue inferno. Um, yeah. It is the man himself. <laughs> He's grown young. <laughs> Let's go. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he doesn't fight very much to get out of the carriage, does he? <laughs> um, yeah. So I love the fact that in the film, they are just not explained. You see them quite soon on, don't you? When Jonathan yeah. goes near the castle gates, yeah, you, you see it and he's like, he's kind of like, oh. And then we see them again at the end. But um, I love the fact that they don't explain it because in the book, I think they say that they appear, I think it's once a year. Oh, right, okay. Th- and it's, it's basically when Dracula goes across ground where there's potential treasure buried. Oh. So um, like his servants or whatever they are meant to keep a lookout for the blue flames and then go back in the daytime to dig up to see if there's treasure there now that's what i, I seem to remember but how do they know where he's walked oh he'll have walked over the bits yeah so the if he's in the ca- so yeah if, if they're in the carriage like he like you know he was driving the carriage wasn't he but if he's in the carriage and 
is going somewhere at night and they see the blue flames. Uh, that's the location. Go, that's potential location that's of a, treasure. That's oh right, okay. I must have missed. I must have not. So that. it's it's it's, it's a quite, strange thing to include. Well, it's quite a brief thing in the book. Yeah, and um, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't even really need to be there. But the thing I was thinking in the film was. Why would he have treasure buried outside his castle? You know what I mean? But they don't even they don't even mention that in the film anyway. So that is the only part of the entire film that is like generated afterwards. Everything else is done right. in shot. I wonder why he included it then. Yeah, I because don't know. I don't think like it is cre- it is a creepy part of the book though, because you always do remember mm. it because it's weird. Mm. Um, and it's part of Jonathan's journey to the castle, isn't it? The yeah. blue flame bit. Yeah. So maybe he thought Bram Stoker buffs won't like it if I leave that out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> that's an integral part of the uh, the build up to the castle. Yeah. And I've got to talk about the the music score. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's massive, isn't it? It's <laughs> it's just it's just so big. It, it's it's so big that. I think it's been used multiple times for like other horror films to advertise them and stuff. It's like, you know, the soundtrack to Aliens yeah. is so iconic and that has been massively yeah. overused for other other films ju- just for trailers. But obviously if you love Aliens, you go, hang on a minute, that's, <laughs> that's flipping Aliens, is that? Do you know what we... <laughs> Martin was, um, I can't remember what it was, he was sat watching telly with his dad and there was a, a film with Dean Cain in it. Mm. You remember Superman? Yeah. Dean Cain. And it was some kind of action film. And as Martin was what this isn't a sound thing, this is a visual thing, but there's a bit where Dean Cain is a, I don't know, some kind of police, armed police person, um, like in a SWAT team. And they're rushing towards this building, this big building. And then it cuts to a scene and it shows the name of the building is Cyberdyne Systems, like in Terminator. Yeah. And like Martin's like, what? <laughs> and it's just a scene cut from uh, Terminator 2 oh, and spliced no. into this B movie with Dean Kane. Nothing against Dean Kane or yeah. the B movie. Mm. But it's just, I didn't realise they did that. They sliced different bits of film sometimes to use. So I guess they can yeah. they do similar things with sound, don't they? I know. Although, you know, a lot of scores will probably just be influenced by, but like. Yeah. Um, but that's funny. It was Movies for Men. Oh. It was that channel, Movies for right. Men. Right. <laughs> Well, just on a side note, with splicing bits from other movies, the end of the cinema release of Blade Runner, where you see the car driving off yeah. and stuff, that's from another film. Oh, really? Yeah. They just put it on because, well, we all know Ridley, Ridley Scott wasn't particularly happy with that cut anyway. He, di- he didn't want to do, like, the voiceover, and neither did Harrison Ford, so... True story, Harrison Ford, that whole voiceover bit in the original cinematic release, he genuinely tried to do it badly so they wouldn't use it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, and they did. But then they took it off later. Why didn't he want to do it to the point where he'd do it badly and then they'd just use it anyway? I think think he didn't want to do it because Ridley Scott didn't want it. Oh, right. And I think it wasn't the easiest shoot for everybody. Right, so okay. I think he probably was just a bit fed up and grumpy, and but anyway, that's another movie. Yeah, <laughs> but I yeah, love but to the do Blade Runner. But the end, but the end of the film, I do know. I can't remember what film it's from, but with them driving away, that cut scene where he's driving down the hill, it's from a completely different film. Ooh. I guess um, things cost a lot, don't they? Mm. And if you've got a scene where you think this is going to be a bit annoying, we haven't got the resource, we'll mm. just get that. But you wouldn't expect it of a film like 
Blade Runner. No. Ah, well. (laughs) So another fun fact, which you may already know, that in the scene where Winona and Keanu's characters get married, that was actually performed by an actual Romanian minister. Oh, my God. So they're potentially actually married. Oh, my God. Didn't they recently do an interview together where they were joking that they should get married or something? <laughs> yeah, I think they were saying, like, oh, we're actually... Why aren't they? Why aren't they married? Well, I would I love know. it if... They... Well, um, obviously, I don't know who Winona Ryder's with. Obviously, Keanu Reeves is with... What's her name? She's an artist. She's an artist, Alexandra... Yeah. Let's find her. I mean, they seem pretty happy, don't they? I know. I'm happy for them. <laughs> I just always thought... It's just too perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because, obviously, Winona Ryder's my wife. Hmm. And Keanu Reeves... You know, he could be my husband. Yeah. I'd love it if my husband and my wife got together. Alexandra Grant. Yeah. That's who she is. Who's Winona Ryder with? Did you have a look? Yeah. She never seems to be linked to anybody anymore, does she? She doesn't. She's put uh, off by dating high level. Maybe she's just super, super private about stuff. I mean. Stuff like that. (laughs) I think she went through stuff. (laughs) She went through a very troubled period, didn't she? Because, you know, she was so famous. She was the face of the time and that's a lot. Oh, she's in a relationship with fashion designer Scott McKinley Hahn. Oh. Let's look at him. Sorry, we will get put off. Is, is he up- Sorry, I will go down a Winona Ryder rabbit hole Okay, any day of the week. <laughs> I'm laughing because he looks a bit like a vampiric Gary Oldman. Oh, does he? Look at him. Oh, he does. Or maybe Jonathan Harker after he's had a fright. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is another thing. The, Sorry, it looks very nice. It does look nice. It was a compliment. Yes. So the the costumes are amazing, and the the like the monster effects are amazing. Especially like as well when Dracula's traveling by ship to to Whitby, and you see him like transforming in his coffin a bit to a younger version of himself. Yeah, That's, he's like got a film over he's his got face. A film. I mean, knowing that everything is actual physical effects you just go that is that's pretty amazing he's very good at being a scary uh vampire in the ground you know yeah. in the in the castle where jonathan's like they're digging holes and i don't know why mm. and then you see a bit where gary oldman's coming out of the ground like <laughs> yeah. but then there's a bit where he's in the ground and it's after he's been sucking someone's blood mm. um and he's young gary oldman vampire mm. in britain and who's he bitten it's not after he's bitten Lucy is that big wolf thing. Mm. He's bitten somebody and they've interrupted him and chased him off. I can't oh. remember who it is because he hasn't bitten Mina yet. Maybe he's been biting Lucy or something and they... I mean, yeah, they, I think he does bit... get chased off from biting Lucy, Yeah, definitely. it must be that. And then it shots to him. It's very brief. It's literally mm. like three seconds or something mm. and he's in the ground mm. going... Mm. with blood down his face, just mm. grasping at things in a trance. Mm. That's the best bit of the whole film, I think. It's so mm. scary and weird. He's just really let himself go there, and he's like in a trance. It's just ace. That's mm. my favourite bit of the whole film. It's so creepy and horrid. When the ground aspect with yeah. Dracula is weird, isn't it? It's yeah. like, why? Because when they chop off Lucy... Lucy? <laughs> Lucy's head. Um, <laughs> little girl. <laughs> oh, oh, my dear, sweet little girl. <laughs> so awful. Oh, God, I know. That's really Crazy. uncomfortable. Oh, I know. And they're all like... They're, they're all... Oh, I, want, I want to look at it. I want to look Let at it. Let me touch it. Let me touch it. It's so big. 
think. <laughs> it's like, do, oh God. Do you know who my favourite of those three men that love Lucy? Go on. Carrie L. How do you say his name? L's Princess Bride. Yes. He's like, what in God's name is going on up here? <laughs> Good God. What are you saying, man? Like yeah. a proper posh hothead. But he always seems to play that kind of person, apart from when he's in Saw. And I didn't recognise him in Saw because he wasn't playing a big posh hothead. No. I, I love it when he, he goes in to the house to see Lucy and Richard E. Grant has seen her for the first time as a physician, not a suitor. And um, Lord Arthur, isn't it? Lord Arthur comes striding in and he's all like, you know, oh, you know, how is everything? And he's, he's so like full of himself. And when he sees it like laid on the, on the seat going like yeah. that, his face just drops and he's like, just do anything. Do anything. I know, know yeah. It's like he got, obviously oh. really does love her. Um, I like it when they put the transfusion needle in him and he goes, mm. ow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I would give my last drop of blood for her. And Van Helsing's like, oh, your last, your last <laughs> drop, eh? Ooh. I love the way they don't check for syphilis before they do all these. I know. Because obviously... Well, not obviously, but I presume at least one of them's riddled with it would back it, then. <laughs> would it kill you if you got given the wrong type of blood as well? I don't oh, know. Yeah, all these, all these all questions things. remain unanswered. All things. I mean, yeah. Anthony Hopkins, like, he, he'd done Silence of the Lambs by then as well. So, Had like, he? Yeah, so he was like... Maybe that's why there's an element of creepy bugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do think he's good, but I just... Oh, yeah. I, I think, like, the, the best is Gary Oldman, obviously. The reason... I think Anthony Hopkins' performance is amazing, because I like it when it's Lucy's funeral and he's like... He's asking, he's like, I just want to cut off a head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. But he, um, like, when he meets Mina, he sort of does that thing. You know, like, when you're a kid and there's someone, like an adult man who's a bit over-friendly... And like thinks they can sort of dominate you by getting both of your hands, looking Mm. you up and down sort of thing. And then not really being very far away from you. And then he dances with her. Yeah, but then he he looks her up and down like like a, you know, and then he kind of gets really close to her face. He might be checking her for vampire. Mm. But yeah, but I'm I'm just, you know, and he leaves, they leave Lucy's Mm. boobs out and stuff. And I just think it's just an element of sexual predatoriness to him it's just which I don't know is meant yeah. to be maybe maybe the director's like yeah he might be trying to come back vampires but it doesn't make him a saint I like it when he starts talking about the history of Vlad the Impaler as well because they have like the big book but it just it's like a leather bound book and it says like vampire but like the <laughs> posh spelling you know with vampire vampire <laughs> And, uh, but it just looks like the big bumper book of vampires. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like a boy. Vampires for dummies. Yeah. Vampires for dummies. <laughs> it really does. It really does. And it's like, do we need you to even narrate this bit? Because it's like a big bumper book of vampires for dummies. But that that's, that. yeah, it's quite funny. Lucy, when she's um, being sexy vampire, mm. there's a bit where she's giving off proper Dana from Ghostbusters vibes. She's in like a crinkly, shiny yeah. dress in a yeah. bed, like being all Zool. Yeah. Um, and then when she's when she's a vampire and she's coming down the vault steps <gasps> and it goes with, and she's with white, the toddler. With the toddler. <gasps> that is really library ghost from Ghostbusters. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if he took any inspiration from Ghostbusters for that bit. Because I thought that's very 
Yeah. That's really scary, that bit where she comes down the vault steps. I think she even giving Gary Oldman a run for his money there. But it looks so innocent as well because, like, Gary Oldman just has the baby and gives the baby to the bride and laughs, the brides, and laughs about it. Yeah. But, like... But she's comforting that baby, but she's that comf- child. That ch- yeah, she's walking down, comforting that child, but she's already had a bit of a chomp on them because yeah. she's... she's got her dinner on her face in a way she's sort of worse because she's yeah. manipulating that child yeah. rather than just because it's like it'll be okay and yeah. it's not okay unless it's a sort of maternal thing coming through from a human self and it's confusing and it's all everything that's that's it's what horrible. i was thinking and then when they they that's show her the awful. they show her the cross <laughs> and then she just drops the child yeah. <laughs> it's like i'm not bothered now but that that whole that whole bit where she she retreats Oh, that's in reverse. That it's in reverse, reverse, isn't it? But then she then gets back up to do a bit of an exorcist all over. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> in your face, Van Helsing, <laughs> in your face, and then just goes back to sleep and then the lobber head off. I didn't realise either that that was Sadie Frost. I didn't. Absolutely no idea. Then I was looking, yeah. I was looking at, you know, I was researching just a little bit um, before we did this and it said, uh, it mentioned Ryder and Frost and mm. I was like, oh, that means Mina and Lucy. So I was like, well, who is, who is the Frost? It's Sadie Frost. Mm. As if. Yeah, I know. Why didn't I know? It looks like Sadie Frost, but it doesn't at the same time. Yeah. Probably um, because, like, I don't actually know much of Sadie Frost's um, I think acting I, work. Yeah, I think I only, and I'm really sorry about this because it's not good, but I only really know of Sadie Frost, like, her marriage. Yeah, exactly. She's been overshadowed She's by... She's been overshadowed and, be, and being a bit of, like, a 90s parties girl. Yeah. Um, I don't really know anything about that. So, yeah, but I she's was... brilliant. She's fantastic. I mean, it's just... Like when I said about it being a bit 1970s exploitation, it's just got that. There's lots of boobs out. Like with the with the brides, when they come up through the bed, they've all got the boobs out. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's nothing wrong with boobs. Boobs are great. but No, but the men don't have their willies out. But the men don't. <laughs> but I don't. think that's the point, isn't it? It's a bit of, it's supposed to be about sexual repressed female sexuality. Yeah. Oh, that's the excuse. Well, <laughs> I mean... In the early part when Mina's staying with Lucy and she's typing and she, she's she got... <laughs> Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. <laughs> and, like, <sighs> she knocks disgusting. it on the floor and then they have a bit of, like, a they have a giggle about it. Um, I like that, you know, because mm. she's, like... When Anna Ryder's, like, taking a peek and then she's like, ugh, that's disgusting. Mm. So she's lying to herself because mm. she wants to look at it. And then Sadie Frost comes in and she's, like, being all sexually liberated with her language and stuff mm. and then Winona's right Winona's like um huh, no I don't think of things like that but then she drops that book yeah and then yeah. she's like oh really and then instead of her getting uppity about it they just laugh together don't they yeah they do it's a really nice female support duo yeah. isn't it yeah. they're like so supportive of each other like Mina saves her from Gary Oldman werewolf. oh yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. even though it's a very dangerous thing. Mm. And then Lucy, you know, even though she's basically about to die, mm. she tells Mina to go off to rescue Jonathan. Yeah. So they're both like, I don't think out of everybody, they're the biggest loves to each other. Yeah. And they lose each other and it's dead sad. And, yeah. you know, it is a, it's obviously a love story, but those two really loved each other and they were nice to each other. They didn't point the finger at each other. Like no one... When on a rider never criticizes Lucy. It's just like No, no, she's, she's not realised she's different and that's that. And just because I'm a bit 
may be repressed. You know, I'd celebrate your your liberation. And you're right. There's not there's not really any judgment there, is there? No. Um, and as she narrates about their friendship in it, in the that first part, she said that um, she's um, you know she she's not bothered by the fact that she um, doesn't earn much money and she's remained friends with her. Uh, which which is lovely, but uh, going back to the dropping the book on the floor, I just love the bit where Winona Ryder's character Mina says, "You know, oh, I wouldn't even know what to." Do. She like laughs. I've had, I wouldn't even know what to do, and uh, yeah, yeah. And Lucy, Lucy goes, "Well, I did all those things last night." And she and and the the reaction is not of disgust. It's like you didn't like laughing, and she's like, "Well, in my dreams, you know." I love that bit. It's just so because. It's almost like Lucy's talking a good talk, but actually, yeah. Yeah. she's just she's just like Mina in a lot of ways. And yeah. she just, oh, definitely. You know, yeah, it's all. Uh, she's just rich and likes to have a bit of fun. It's funny how she's the most vulnerable target, despite all her sauciness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it kind of tips into that horror trope, doesn't it? Of uh, being young and oh, yeah. sexy and being punished for it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, cause I've got in my notes, saucy Lucy, three suitors. <laughs> but the thing is... Four, oh, including... Well... Uh, oh, yeah. he's just using her. Though. Yeah, he's just using her. But uh, I just kind of think, well, she's actually just wanting a husband and a nice life. And, and yeah, she's she she's a bit of a flirt, but... She picks one of them, though. but she picks one of them, and she doesn't. She doesn't like be horrible about it. And part of that that we're shown in the film is that the three suitors are all friends, and they're not. Yeah. They're not being horrible to each other. They're yeah. all pretty fine about it. But yet she she gets punished. <laughs> it's that whole thing, isn't it? Like, oh, she's had sexy time, and so yes. You know how Dracula is in love with Mina because he mm. thinks she's the reincarnation of his wife. Mm. But he, obviously he likes to eat, drink blood mm. because when he's on that ship, they all die, don't they? So mm. he obviously needs to keep drinking blood. Mm. Is it the Dem- Demeter? That's the ship, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. They, did a, they did a film recently, didn't they? The vo- Voyage of the... the Last Voyage of the Demeter. I haven't watched yeah, it. I've not watched it either. Maybe we should watch that. We should watch that because yeah. that's that. That section of the book, isn't it? It's an undertold story. Mm. I might, well, I might watch. Let's watch mm. that. I don't know what the reviews are like. No, it was let's last look year. it up. So yeah, but then when he gets to Whitby, that isn't Whitby, mm. <laughs> whatever yeah. it's called in the film, yeah, yeah. he really makes a beeline for her, and he's supposed to be in love with Mina, but mm. there's obviously a sexual element yeah. to the thing he has with Lucy, and it's yeah. sort of. I guess it's just him, isn't it? It's showing that he's not straight down the middle, kind of, he's a vampire. It's reminding you he's a vampire. Yeah. And a, a nasty one. He's a and beast. And a parasitic one and a beast, yeah. He's a, he's a beast because we didn't have to see him in that form, did we? We could have seen him in any other form. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he actually, t- he actually turns into a wolf as well. The last time he goes for Lucy... He actually sma- he's, he's outside oh, yeah. the window. Oh, yeah, is he a white wolf? He's, he's a, a white wolf, wolf yeah. And he, so he's his old-school Dracula face, and then he smashes through the window as a, as, a, as a wolf, doesn't he? So that's another one. So that's eight different forms. There's a bit where Anthony Hopkins is saying, um, he's like, there's a vampire here, and they're like, I thought you were a man of science. And then he does that weird trick, doesn't he? He's like, mm. not everything is uh, 
explainable by established science. And then mm. he doesn't he disappear and appear yeah. like a gravestone. He's like, see, I yeah. tricked you. And then a bat <laughs> flies past. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah. I always wondered, is that just a bat for ambience or is that Dracula? Like, yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah. But I think I think that whole section with that saucy <laughs> section with uh, Lucy, that I think they've chosen to have him in that form to show that he's he's ve- he's very he's just a beast. He's just a beast. But yeah, you would think, well, yeah, he he because he doesn't want like. Um, Mina obviously sees him, doesn't she? And he says, yeah. you, "You, you haven't." I can't remember what he says, but don't look you, at me. As yeah, me. you don't, don't you me. don't see me or something. Mm. And she doesn't. But it's like a vampire's got to eat. You know what I mean? A vampire's <laughs> yeah, why does he have eat. to do it so sexily, rudely? And also, he he why seems you to, can... to be so rude about everything. I know, <laughs> you dirty boy. <laughs> but he seems to very easily connect with her, and you just think, well. If Mina's in the same house, why didn't he just instantly collect, connect yeah, with her? But, yeah. but anyway, that's not yeah. part of the story, is it? Mm. Mina's seen as more virtuous, isn't she? I would, I would say. I guess so, yeah. And maybe that's what... It's a bit... Mm. It's like um, he respects her more mm. for that, even though what he really wants is to do a big, rude bite. Because, yeah. you know, when they're in that tent, mm. him and the prince and Mina, mm. and also Mina, mm. she... It goes on about how she doesn't care that Jonathan's not rich. Mm. But then as soon as he introduced... Because she's, like, quite standoffish with him when she first meets she's, him. She's And then he she's says rude. She, he's a prince. And she's like, oh, you're a prince, are you? Oh, a prince. Oh, oh right. That's oh. how it is, really, is it? No wonder Jonathan yeah. puts on a posher yeah. accent in front it, of you. It is I who should apologise for being rude. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, so when they're in that tent, he goes to bite her, doesn't mm. he? But then he stops herself himself mm. because it's like, oh, no, I can't do this to you. Mm. It's like, oh, but so your wife material... Lucy's mm. slut material, is she? Yeah. It's just that that whole thing, isn't it? It's like, you're wifey. I think there's the thing at the end as well, right near the end where they're in the asylum and Mina's in the doctor's room where he says, you're safe here. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but Dracula obviously comes in and she very easily gives in. You think, is that because she's been glamoured by him or... Or is that really how she feels? It's it's quite difficult to um, it's quite difficult to know, to deduce that because he has a, he has this for the second time he tries to refuse, doesn't he? Because he says drink from m- yeah, me, yeah. and then he pushes her away. Yeah, so he's says, not trying to seduce her at that yeah, point because he goes, no, no, um, I can't basically give you this life sentence of what I, what I've become. So he pushes her away, and she just goes, no. I want to. I want to. When I was um, watching that, I was thinking about how much her and Gary Oldman didn't get on. Oh, I was like, oh. That's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, awkward. <laughs> yeah, yikes. So, you know, when she gets that letter mm. saying Jonathan is whatever, alive or whatever, she, he's yeah. made contact. From the nuns. Yeah, from the nuns and they're going to go and get married. Mm. She's like, oh, he must never know about my prince. But then she goes and marries him, even though she's just said she sort of loves someone else. Yeah. And it's like, so she's, but then she seems really excited to marry him. So it's not just that she's doing the right thing. Does she mm. love him? But there doesn't seem, like, you know, in the beginning when they're snogging mm. and she wants to snog him mm. more than he wants to snog her, it mm. seems. So does he represent the part that is missing from her relationship with Jonathan rather than, is it about that female repressed sexuality thing? That's where you're supposed to just get married and it doesn't matter about your mm. urges. But does, is he, is it more than that? Is he representing? 
it's a good because point. Because she kisses him even yeah. after he's not a vampire anymore and he's dead. Yeah. In slight, ugly... Uh, <laughs> All that blood. Uh, uh, ugly, <laughs> mouth full of teeth, Yeah, white skin, slightly monster-esque. She still snogs him. Yeah, but when he's dead, she does. So she's not under his power anymore. Yeah. But she still, she still she, loves him. When she kisses him when he's still, like, looking like a monster... I can't remember. Is she still under his influence or throughout the whole thing? She's never not. She never she never comes out of his influence. But even when, when he's dead. But when she when he turns into like his younger self from back in the day. But that's when he dies, isn't it? That's yeah, and he says, You need to finish this. Yeah. And then she she plunges it through the floor. Yeah. And then she kisses him again. Yeah. And then the the stone cross that he stabbed that bled initially seems to heal itself. Yeah. Because she got... Because, yeah, when, when he turns into, like, his original form of a man, that, like, burning on her forehead disappears, doesn't yeah. it? And then she still says, I love you. Yeah, and so that, I, I think she just loved him. Yeah, because that's the thing. When he admits that he is Dracula when he is on the bed with her in the asylum... She does get angry, doesn't she? And she says, you killed my friend, Lucy. <laughs> and, um, and she says, you're a monster. But then she th- says, but I still love you. I can't help it. Yeah. Because that's when he has second thoughts, isn't it? About committing her to a life of eternity with him. But she still goes for it anyway, doesn't she? I'd love to have seen Winona Ryder as a proper vampire. Like full on yeah. Lucy after dead vampire. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, part part of me is like, just let him get on with it. He's going to go back home. Yeah. He's going to go back home. And, and he'd, he'd still be biting people, though, wouldn't he, and stuff. Yeah, he'd they'd still, still be, be bringing babies back. Yeah, and those women would be there. I don't think Winona would like to live with those women. No, that's true. Oh, no, they're dead by that point because Van Helsing kills them. Why has he got those women? The annoying thing is, so when they finally catch up to Dracula and they've not fully finished him off, and, yeah. and Jonathan Hacker goes, oh, we've just leave them. We've done... Did he? Yeah. Because Mina's what? like... Mina and him? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, right. they, he jumps out of the crate and they stab him and then they shoot him and, and he staggers back and stuff. And then they've got, they've got the gun and Mina says to the guys, no, stop. Yeah. And then that's when Jonathan Hacker goes, pushes the gun aside and goes... No, just leave them. We've done what we've come here to do. And I'm thinking, no, you haven't. You've not See, you've not killed him. I'm like, if you feel that way, you should why have you chased them? Just just leave them to it if you feel like that. See, he's a bit annoying. He's a bit annoying. Like, I told you. No vanilla. wonder she fell in love with someone else. Oh, I know. Not this isn't I'm not talking about Keanu. I'm talking no, no. about Jonathan Harker yeah. in the film. Just like like I say, he's just a filler, isn't he? Yeah. He is. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but... I'm sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> that bit at the end when she's chopped Dracula's head off mm. and she looks up at the sky, at the ceiling and there's that mural mm. of um, Dracula and his wife mm. reunited in death. I absolutely bawled my eyes out Aww. yesterday, like abs- uncontrollably. <laughs> and I don't, I think I remember seeing that, but I don't remember being so affected by it. I don't, mm. I don't know, maybe when you're older... You know, maybe when I was younger, when I was a kid, obviously I hadn't been in love or anything. And mm. Maybe it's like you start thinking when you're older, don't you? Like, 
of people that you've known who've lost each other and mm. then it's probably going to happen to you one day. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm welling up now thinking about it. I just... Ah! Oh, but I also think... <laughs> See, it's a very powerful scene as that. It, and then Annie Lennox comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't... I don't remember that. No, I don't that remember song. that. That's another, that's another thing as well and apparently it was a huge hit but oh, I don't right. remember. The only bit with that ending is that when she tells him that she that she loves him and he said it's over and you need to finish it. So then she leans on the blade and it goes right through him into the floor. I mean, powerful, we know. <laughs> but then because she said that she loves him and he's basically admitted that the game's up and that's it. And then she and she still says she loves him and then he, t- he, t- he seems to turn into his original form of a, of a man. But then the, the cross heals itself the stone cross heals itself and then there's almost like a halo glow and it's like, oh, well, he's been taken back under the hand of God because all the way through it's like there's no point in in putting any faith in God because God lets you down. But then in the end, there seems to be the message of, well, love conquers all and you are now welcomed back mm. to God and he seems to accept it. And I just found that... That bit was a little bit, a bit difficult, I thought. Are they saying, though, that, like, his rage was all for nothing? I think that's what they are saying, yeah, because exactly. Because he's just gone and killed a load of people. He's and been... then he's ended up dying at the hand. Of the woman he loves. Yeah, who is... anyway. And then he's now peaceful because he's where his wife is anyway. Yeah, And he might I guess... as well have just waited a little while to be with her because that was just what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Whether you believe in heaven or not. Yeah. They've gone to the same place, haven't they? Whatever that is, whether yeah. it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Or something. I don't know. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's like, like but I guess God re- isn't supposed to be, he's not supposed to hold it against you. No, he doesn't hold it. But he doesn't confess. There doesn't seem to be any apology. But it seems to be at the end that he says, I'll just end this pain. So he's come to the realisation that pain is bad. Yeah. And so... I guess this, the, 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 the message is love truly does conquer all. And he's at peace knowing that he is loved and that's yeah, what yeah, sets him loved, free. Yeah, so, so she she kind of sets him free. but And that wouldn't have happened with him still being a vampire. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it that's it. It would have just it. been more death and bitiness. And okay, I take it back. <laughs> it's a good ending. I know what you mean, though, because you're like, oh, right, he's forgiven, is he? But mm. at the same time... But I guess it's like he's forgiven because now he's his true form of a man. Not yeah. a monster. Yeah. And love has conquered all. Okay, I take it back. Because he does he does grow a conscience, doesn't he, when mm. he doesn't want her to turn into a vampire. Mm. And she's the one making asking him to do it. So yes. he, he has grown a conscience when he lets love into his heart again. Yeah. Even though while he was letting love into his heart, he was also brewed with Lucy. It's well, very you know, naughty of some boy. sort. Yeah. Bit Su- of naughty suggestive boy. at least. Uh yeah. <laughs> I mean, kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Bite your mother with those teeth. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, I guess it ties in with the tagline, love never dies, <laughs> which is kind of cheesy, but it, but it works. Because that's the thing, when she takes the absinthe and then she recounts what happened to his um, Oh, yeah, because she wife. can... So, and I'm like, what? What? Because <laughs> yeah, she's... Is that because he's glamoured her know. or is that... That's never explained, is it? Or is it she truly remembers. does have 
that reincarnation. Maybe. Don't know. That's but a it's bit always a bit like you don't know what the heck these vampire powers are. No. Do you? No. And how do you make a cross bleed just by stabbing it? But also, I also <laughs> thought in the tent when that escape wolf comes in and he brings it in for a hug and lets her have a tickle. Come here, you. I was like, I'd fall for that totally. It's like... You'd fall for it? I'd totally fall for it. I'd like him. I'd be... <laughs> I'd like him after that. You know, I'd be a bit more like, yeah. The thing about that look... That Gary Oldman look is mm. very, very handsome, mm. but it looks a bit too much like my dad. So <laughs> <laughs> my dad basically, <laughs> when he was younger at least, looked like, well, he still does look like that, mm. but he's more Santa now than uh, Dracula. But uh, Those blue lens spectacles. Yeah. <laughs> how on earth do they stay on is what I want to know. Are they irritating down, the, down halfway down the bridge of your nose? I mean, the halfway down the bridge <laughs> of your nose, they don't seem to... F- do any function other than you just look cool. And also, it's smog-filled London. You don't need them. No. There's no light there. <laughs> but, you know, if you if you invite me over to tickle your wolf, then <laughs> I'll forget all about it. <laughs> want to see some wolves, little girl? <laughs> do you wanna... My sweet little girl. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to run your fingers through my wolf's fur? <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. My wolf's bane. What is a wolf's bane? A wolf's bane? Have you never heard of a wolf's bane? No. Look it up. Look it up. What is it? Wolf's bane. It's a flower. Oh. Wolf's bane. Also known as monk's hood. Mm. Ooh. Um, (laughs) Naples. Mm. (laughs) Oh, wolf's bane. I thought it was the name of some kind of medieval family. I guess off the back of its success, it it, it kind of catapulted and a whole set of films in the next couple of years. So 1994 saw Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Kenneth Branagh, Helen Bonham Carter and Robert De Niro. Oh, he's Frankenstein, isn't he? I've never seen it. He's the monster. I've never seen it. Oh, sorry, Frankenstein's monster, not Frankenstein. Rookie mistake. Yeah, but I've never seen that, but I totally forgot about that film. And then there was another film that year that I've not seen called Wolf. Do you remember that? With Jack Nicholson, he uh, turned into a werewolf. No. I haven't seen that either, but you'll definitely know the big film of 1994, which is Interview with the Vampire. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I think I've watched that more than Bram Stoker's. Yeah, I've that definitely. Was a, that was a taped off the telly. Yeah. I love that film. But I'm guessing that, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula, even though they're very different films, kind of paved the way for that to be made because... They might have gone, who's going to watch Bloody Vampires? You know what I mean? I recently read... That is a great film, isn't it? Tom Cruise is ace in that. He's really good. If uh, Yeah, I, I just... He's yeah. brilliant. I almost forget it's him. Yeah. You've, you've, it's you, great. You do forget that film and that it's him, and he is genuinely really good in that. But I recently read that Brad Pitt, who is also good in it, yeah, yeah. Um, when filming began, he didn't, he didn't like it. And he tried to get, he tried to get out of he it. He didn't like the film. The f- he didn't like work working with Tom Cruise. I don't think. Oh really? Did he keep trying to snog him? Some sort of <laughs> method acting. I don't Come know. Come on, this is about like two guys who like just really really like each other. <laughs> Come on, Brad. <laughs> Come on, Brad. It's all about the biting, you know. We can do this. Um, but yeah, I, I I kind of gathered from this thing that I read that he didn't really enjoy working with Tom Cruise 
and he tried to get out of it. And I think he went to his agent and said, how do I get out of this? And I can't remember the amount, but his agents basically said, do you have this amount of million dollars? <laughs> and he went, no, I think I'll keep on, um, oh. I think I'll keep on filming. But actually... I'm glad he did because they're both brilliant in it. Yeah, they are. I think I think the reason why I'm going on about Tom Cruise more is because he's, I guess he's surprising in it, isn't he? Surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that he's a bad actor, but I can't remember him doing anything else quite as well. No. <laughs> not, that, not that anything else he's done is bad. Like, I'm sure, like, he's a better actor than me, you know? Yeah. I'm not criticising anybody, anybody, you know. Um, no, but, like, when you think of Tom Cruise, like, doing, like, at the time, like, Cocktail and... Yeah. Top Gun and things like that. And it's like... You wouldn't expect him to enter into the spirit of being a homoerotic vampire. No, but he does do it well. It's a long time since I've seen that film. But um, yeah, I think this film definitely blazed a trail for those films to be made. And Lord of the Rings, in my personal opinion. (laughs) Yes, and Lord of the Rings, true, true. But it it really does make you think about the character in a different way because... As I said in the intro, it does follow the book quite nicely, but it just has a different interpretation. And there are times you do really feel sorry for Dracula. And and there's more than one occasion I'm actually kind of rooting for him. Yeah, because he didn't... Um, he's obviously... He's a soldier mm. who obviously very much loves his wife. Mm. And when you... See, and, he, you know, at the beginning of the scene, he's like... He's looking, isn't he? Like mm. you can tell, you can see the love in his eyes for her, and the mm. fear in his eyes at having to go and leave her. Mm. And then he's been on the bloody battlefield. He's seen loads of death. Because mm. isn't it something? Um, isn't the? Isn't it something like there's invading? Is there, are there invading forces in his country or something? I think so. Yeah. So yeah. it's not even like it's a war. He's intended. He's started. Mm. So he's been attacked. Mm. He's been attacked. Then he's defended his country. Mm. And then as a reward, which is his first, his wife. His name is his first word he utters afterwards. Mm. And it's all in the Lord's name, isn't mm. it, and all that. Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't yeah. it? And then he goes back and she's dead. But that is true, though. The It's the son of Vlad. Yeah, his son, who was involved in that battle. And they did shoot an arrow through. I don't know whether they said that he was dead, but I think they said that, he was, that they'd lost the battle. And she genuinely did kill herself so she wouldn't be captured. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Because so, they storm, don't they storm the castle or something? They or, storm the... the or, so, or they're outside the castle yeah. or something, aren't they? Something yeah, like something like that. So it's kind of... They've been a little They've been a little bit, you know, tricksy with the original story, but... Um, God, I guess if you were a woman, you mm, kind of had to, didn't you? Otherwise... Yeah, if you, if you been... heard and you thought that your husband, who's like the leader of the army, had been defeated, you'd go... Mm. This seems like the best option. Well, it's it's like you would suffer at the hands of all those men in, you yeah. know, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's a fate unimaginable, isn't it? For the rest of your life, probably. However then, long that and was. And then dead. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> You'd rather take it into your own hands. I'm yeah. not saying, I'm not condoning suicide. No, no, I'm just no, saying of course not. You can understand why some people would resort to that. Yes. Oh, that's sad. Do you did you watch that BBC Dracula that they did a few years yes. ago? Yes. Was, was is it Clay Clay Clace Cl- Bang? <laughs> Clace Bang. That was great. I yeah, want to watch I'm, that again actually because yeah. the final scene of that I thought was mm. beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the Van Helsing. Mm. I just swore. I, yeah. I bleeped it out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I forgot myself for a minute, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sister Agatha. Oh yeah. 
she's just amazing. I can't believe. I, I really like that actress. Yeah. And I googled her name because she's in um she was in something recently. I watched her in with David Tennant, and her name is Dolly Wells. That's I didn't right. know that. Yeah. Like, she doesn't look like a Dolly Wells. And what was the thing that she was in with Christopher Walken where they were doing community service? I need to look that up. If you've She's not great, watched that, she? if you've not watched that, um, what's she called again? Dolly? Dolly Wells. She, she was great as Van Helsing. Like, I think when she came on the telly and it was reve- revealed that she was Van Helsing, <gasps> I yeah, did a I shout. I did I, a shout and an air punch. Yeah. Like I do when I'm watching Cobra Kai. I had that same <laughs> I had that same reaction. I was like, yeah, Mark Gatiss. Yeah, I gasped. <laughs> it was great. I was just like, oh, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, some people didn't like the ending, but I didn't mind it, actually. I thought it was really good. The Outlaws, she's, yeah, it's a group of people that are doing community service. And remarkably, it's UK TV series on the BBC, for anyone who hasn't seen it. And um, Christopher Walken is in it. I mean, imagine that. And he's her dad. All right. (laughs) And it's great. It's really good. I'll watch that. I still can't quite believe that uh, he's in it. But yeah, she's, she's great. I forgot Richard E. Grant was in it. I did as well. I did as well. And the guy that plays the American... Um, Quincy. Quincy. He was... Do you, you, did you ever see a film called The Rocketeer? That no. was set in the 1930s. He's kind of like a 1930s hero. But he looks a bit... He, he's got shades of Zac Efron to me. What do in, you think? In uh, Dracula, but I, I could be... Well, I mean, I was... I didn't look at his face too much because he's quite beardy and hatty, and so I <laughs> Billy Campbell, that's it. Yeah, because he was in The Rocketeer with your favourite other wife, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, my God. My two-headed wife. Your two-headed wife. I mean, he doesn't look anything like him now, but that's him <laughs> with Jennifer Connelly in oh, The Rocketeer. Look at her. Prime Jennifer, that. Yeah. She'd have been good in Dracula. Can you imagine? She totally would. Yeah. So I'm I'm not saying that because she's older now she's less attractive. She's absolutely not. I just um don't know. Yeah. I think I think part of it is that she was in Labyrinth with David Bowie and it's all mixed up in my head yeah. as a kid watching all of that yeah. unfold. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you one thing that we've not mentioned that I loved about uh, Dracula is in the insane asylum if that's the right term for it. I think they call it That's what they were called then. That's what they were called then. You wouldn't describe them as a mental hospital because they weren't what a mental mental hospital is now. No. Um, I liked the fact that some of the guards, not all of the guards, were walking around with a box on their head with bars so that the inmates couldn't attack them. Yeah. So it wasn't the actual inmates. Oh, really? It was the actual guards. So there's, there's, there's a scene right towards the end where they're like trying to control the inmates and they're hosing them down yeah, with water. Yeah, There's like one of the guards walking around with a with a box on his head. It's so that they, they can't like get at their eyes So the and inmates stuff. can't get at the yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Do you think that's what they used to do? Yeah, yeah. Did they used to do that? Yeah. Because when, when he tries, when Renfield tries to bite the doctor right near the beginning... And uh, the guards run in. One of the guards has got a box on his head. Oh, right. I didn't, know, why didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, it's just really <laughs> weird. But it kind of reminds me of, um, I've not seen it, but I've seen stills. It reminds me of 13 Ghosts. There's a film yeah. called 13 Ghosts, and I think someone has a box on the head on that. Have you ever seen a picture of Bram Stoker? Um, yes. Did he have a beard? Do you want to see it? Yes, please. 
so he looks almost exactly like my partner, Martin. Oh, he does? <laughs> oh, my and word. And it's weird because our house was built in the year that Dracula came out, was published. 1897. 1897. Bram Stoker looks exactly like Martin. <gasps> he does. Um, and Martin, he reads a lot, but a lot of what he reads is factual. Mm. And... He's read two books. No, well, he's read more books than that. He's read mm. more books of fiction than that. <laughs> but the only two books of fiction that he'll admit to liking mm. are Dracula mm. and I think it's The Lair of the White Worm. Oh, and there's another one that he likes that he's read by the guy who wrote Hellraiser. Oh, Clive Barker. Yeah, but yeah. basically the the book that he would get repeatedly out at school, even mm. though he wasn't... I'm making the point he's not a big fan of mm. reading fiction, mm. but he reads a lot, mm. but just not much fiction. And the only book he's reread countless times is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. And he looks exactly like him. He does it's look... It's weird, isn't it? He really does. <laughs> Genuinely. Everyone Google that. Listeners. You'll know what Martin looks like. Listeners, honestly, <laughs> he really genuinely does. It's weird that, isn't it? It is. Maybe he's the reincarnation of Bram Stoker. He could well be. I mean, I, I've, I've read and enjoyed Dracula, but I have to admit there's a bit sort of like not quite at the middle where just does drone on a little bit and I was nearly going to give up but then I kept up and then it gets really exciting but the thing that did make me laugh out loud the first time is um the bit where in his journal he talks about Dracula having hairy palms he looks down sees the hairy palms and uh he's just quite I think in his journal he, he does he does make out that it is a bit weird but not as weird as weird as it actually is and I just, I just remember laughing, thinking, <laughs> if ever there was something that would tell you this man <laughs> is not of this world, it's that. But anyway, the hairy hands, like the... when Father Ted, when Father Jack gets hairy hands, <laughs> yeah. it's the hairy hands again. Yeah, he has to go to St. Clabbert's. Yeah, it's like really hairy palms. But and they do, they do feature that in the film, and he does kind of look and go, oh, oh, do they? But, yeah, oh, it's, right. it's like a very brief thing though obviously in the book he goes into it in more detail but um he just kind of looks and it's like well you can't you can't really miss that out but also there's there's not much there there was some uh, footage a few years back that seemed to uh, suddenly appear on the internet with um behind the scenes footage of Gary Oldman and Francis Ford Coppola they're not really arguing but they're kind of like having a disagreement as such. But it's just quite funny because the scene I, I've seen is where Gary Oldman's got his full wig on, you know, his bum bum hair and the long red <laughs> robe. And he's just saying... Imagine having an argument with someone dressed like that. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I can't take you seriously right now. <laughs> well, this is it. So he's got all the makeup and everything and he's going to Francis Ford Coppola. So um, I just need to know if you can just put like... I'm paraphrasing what it's you'd need to look it up but it's like if you just put like a chalk mark on the uh, stairs where I come in and Francis for a couple is going no there's no mark Gary there's no mark <laughs> you just come in and he goes he's going, well how how will I know where Keanu is how I will I know that and it's and he's just like you don't need to know that you just need to <laughs> and in the end like Gary Ullman just goes off in a bit of a huff like, oh, with right. his robes all right in his robe with his big bum hair like <laughs> like shuffling shuffling off and it's just so funny and it's like it's not a big deal at all because obviously you can imagine being in hours and hours of 
of makeup. I can't imagine how stressful acting is because you're mm. away probably from your family. Mm. Like Gary Oldman was going through a divorce at the time, wasn't mm. he, or something? But like being away and being constantly in makeup and having mm. to redo things all the time. Oh, yeah. It can't be that fun. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it obviously will be fun seeing the final thing, but all the work that goes into it. I mean, that, he married to. that makeup is amazing. There's another clip where he's putting like a big monster foot on. And he just jokes and goes, oh, have you got this in a size 10? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. But um, So I think he was with Uma Thurman at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, 1990 to 92. Mm. Leslie Manville. I forgot he was married to Leslie Manville. Oh, yeah. I love her. Mm. Anyway, the, you can you can find these like behind the scenes things. They're a few years old now, but they just suddenly came out of nowhere and it's just it's not really telling you much but it's just quite funny but then I just think like when they say about Gary Oldman being really intense on set and stuff but you think the amount of makeup that he had to be in it's like how can you be dressed like that and then just sit and have a sandwich and and shoot the breeze you know what I mean and the pressure because he said that he'd never didn't he say he'd never thought of playing a part like that but Mm. he wanted to work with the director Mm. because had he just done what had he just done oh I can't remember but um the pressure of playing a a fantasy character Mm. and thinking in the back of your head are people gonna laugh at me for dressing Mm. up as Dracula I better make this flipping good Mm. so I can't you know you're kind of like well Maybe I'll just Heath Ledger this. Yeah. Stay in character throughout the whole time. But yeah. I think the one owner rider said there was a danger to him or something, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. I know she's since sort of half retracted it. Yeah, but yeah. Apparently they, they, they but really... But maybe he's a vampire and he's in yeah, method... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not method acting, but, you know, yeah. um, staying in character. Yeah. That probably would scare me if I was mm. a kid. She was basically a kid, wasn't she? Was she 21 or something? Or Yeah, she probably... Well young. Yeah, really young. So it, it's... It's a tough one, but I mean, what he actually did was change the perception of Dracula forever. Because I don't think we've ever had a representation of Dracula like that ever. And then there have been various guises afterwards that have tried to tell a more story based and, you know, and and that's great. But I mean, I don't think that would have been possible without this. It, It really does put a different slant on it. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for my wife, Winona. Obviously, the yeah. guy wrote the script, yeah. James V. Hart, but, yeah. but he, the director, he did it because it was his favourite story at camp or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think they kept in contact, didn't so they? So people loved it. So why was it not? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? I think because she couldn't do Godfather Part 3 and it got such a, a ribbon, and, I th- and but obviously she wanted to still work with him. Yeah. And she she just happened to have that script. It had been passed to her to kind of um, take a look at, and she just thought it was great and thought he would like it. But she still had to um, she still had to audition for it. I think there was various actresses that that went up for it. But yeah, she got it obviously. But um, yeah. And she um, she had a great friendship with Keanu Reeves, didn't she? Yeah. Because in her journals or something, it's like details that like she was just stressed throughout most of the time. And she said but something like, but thank God there's Keanu. So even though people take the mick out of his accent, it sounds like he was the one who was keeping everyone safe. Yeah. Because there's a quote here by um, Francis Ford. Is it is it Coppola or Coppola? Well, Coppola. I always say Coppola. Yeah, but it's got but, a double but it's L, Coppola. so it's probably Coppola. It's probably Coppola, isn't it? Well, there's a know. quote here about Keanu Reeves, and he said, about his accent, he mm. said, he tried so hard, that was the problem. He wanted to do it perfectly, and in trying to do it perfectly, it came off as stilted. 
I tried to get him to just relax with it and not to do it so fastidiously. So maybe I wasn't as critical of him, but that's because I like him personally so much. To this day, he's a prince in my eyes. And, you know, that's a pretty good compliment for someone that people are kind of laughing at his accent. Yeah. A prince. Well, yeah. And I think even with people laughing at his accent, people still love the film. Yeah. And I'm sure Keanu's laughing a bit. Yeah. But there's a context to this. Yeah, of course. You know, he tried. And perhaps it was a backstory in his head. Yeah. That he was pretending pretending to do a bad posh accent because the character didn't have one. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) <laughs> that's true but anyway i've i really enjoyed watching it again i thought it was great i enjoyed it I did. so much i watched it twice but yeah it, it genuinely is a great film and at that time when special effects and cgi was really massively plowing ahead hooray that they didn't choose that route and they did something totally different and maybe that's why it was so successful and the boobs and the boobs of course <laughs> i mean you know Sexy, sexy, horny boobs, <laughs> you know. How many blood drops would you give this film? How many bite marks? How many blood drops or bite marks? Um, out of... Let's do five. five. Yeah, let's do five. <laughs> I would, I would, I would do five out of five. Would you? Chomps. Neck chomps. chomps. Neck chomps. I gave Nightmare on Elm Street four and a half. Ooh. Uh Four and a half knives. Mm. So I'm going to give this five as well. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I just can't. What is there to fault in it? There, there, there isn't anything. And I've defended Keanu quite yeah, yeah. furiously. Yeah, and I, and, and I, and I love Keanu. And yeah. like I say, he's just that. He's just that little bit on that Persian rug. So yeah. you know, he needed to be there. And obviously for Winona, she she needed him. But well done to both of them. Yes, for doing that as kids up against. All those seasoned actors. Yeah. And hooray for um, Gary Oldman being absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He's just brilliant in everything, isn't he? he? Is. He's just like... Oh. He, seems to, um, he seems to have had a bit of um, a history with characters with interesting hair, doesn't he? If you think about it, in True Romance, he's got dreadlocks. I was thinking about True Romance. Mm. Martin, me and Martin watched mm. it maybe a year or two ago. Mm. And I was like, is that Gary Oldman? Like, because he's just... yeah. It's so different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth element. He's got a bit of a bit of a weird flick to his hair. Do you know what keeps coming up on my Instagram feed? Mm. That that catwalk where Gary Oldman (gasps) and Adrian Brody and who's the other guy? Willem Dafoe. Mm. Um, I'm sure I've missed somebody out here, Mm. but it keeps coming up on my feed. Like, what's a villain catwalk? Yeah, yeah. it's brilliant, isn't it? It's amazing. Gary Oldman's at the front. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm Gary Oldman. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, I'm leading the catwalk, so what? <laughs> it is good, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's so good. Oh, well, thanks for uh, suggesting revisiting this film. It's, I genuinely feel like I've rediscovered yeah, something really, really good. It was, it was better than yeah, I remember it. me too. Do you know what I think also? I think it's because it's called... It's not called Dracula. It's mm. called Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And so in, in my younger self... Even though I knew Bram Stoker was the author, the way it's mm. the way it's mm. marketed is like it's the, he's the actual director. Mm. Bram Stoker is the actual director. Mm. It's uh, gives it a bit more of an importance, doesn't it? Sense of importance. I'm really glad that they did that because I believe the original title was just going to be D, as in the letter oh, really? D. Yeah, mm. and then uh, D, and then he just nah. 
Yeah, exactly. But then he... It's almost like putting Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's like, this is the definitive. What's come before, <laughs> what's going to come after, yeah. is nothing. <laughs> this is the definitive version. Yeah. And it is for me. I, I love it. Well, I'll stop talking now because you keep yeah. trying to say bye and then okay. I say something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> Off to watch it again. Yeah. Let me touch it. It's so big. <laughs>